If I was to ask you what your number one concern is about homeschooling your children, among the top answers that I would get from you and say I asked all of your friends and I asked all the moms in your state and maybe just your town, what your number one concern is, one of the top answers is going to be, I don't know if I am doing enough. Now, we have to remember, as moms, we have concerns about this doing enough in all the areas of motherhood. It's not just in homeschooling. So I think we need to take a step back and realize that. It also, we wonder, are we doing enough when it comes to discipleship? Am I doing enough to prepare my children for their future lives, for getting out into the world, finding a spouse and establishing a family, starting a career? Then we wonder, am I doing enough in my connection with my child, in my relationship with my child? Am I doing enough to foster connections within the family? And I could go on and on and on. And I think those, you're thinking of all the things that you are saying, am I not doing enough? So we have to remember that we question this in a lot of areas of motherhood. But today we're going to specifically talk about, are you doing enough in your homeschool? I'm ready to kind of really do a lot more than just scratch the surface. And at the end of this episode, I promise you, you're going to have the answer to that question. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Today's episode is going to be like you and I, sitting down across from each other at a coffee shop. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. But just imagine that. First, I would listen to you as you pour your heart out and talk to me about all that's going on in your motherhood and homeschooling and the big picture and the nitty gritty. And then I would simply sit there and I would reply with four simple questions that I would want to know your answers to. That is what we're going to do today. Pretend we're sitting in a coffee shop, you and I, And I'm going to ask you those four questions, and I really do want to hear your answer. I'm going to be honest and tell you that I was so scared and worried about am I doing enough for so many years of my homeschool. And I know now it's easy for me to look back and say, oh, yeah, I was I was doing enough. But I'm really hoping that today's episode will get you to that side in your exact season of life with your children at the ages that they are. And at times, my fear of wondering, am I doing enough with homeschool? Am I educating them enough? Am I giving them enough information? Are they remembering enough information? Are they going to know enough? It led us to having way too full of every single day, just too much in every single day. It led to more curriculum than I could actually afford. And guess what else it led to? it led to me still wondering, am I doing enough? And isn't it kind of funny and a bit ironic how fear and anxiety and worry leads us to grasping at things and to adding things and to trying so hard on our own 
to get a result that we think is going to help and we think that it is going to alleviate our concerns, only to find ourselves back in the same place, even after adding all of those things, maybe adding more tears to our days, maybe getting ourselves into a financial situation we necessarily shouldn't do because we're worried about not giving our children enough. We can do that when it comes to activities and get them involved and pay for so many extracurriculars that the money in the budget just isn't quite there because we wonder, are they going to be inept because they aren't superstars in whatever it is, whether it's a sports thing or an academic thing or some type of type of extra club. But I just find it a little bit, we'll say, quote unquote, ironic that we just get ourselves still back to square one where we started. So right now, I'm going to ask you those four questions. Let's just picture the scene. We're sitting at a coffee shop and you have poured out your heart to me. Maybe there's some tears. I've offered you some tissues and I've just listened. And you've just shared your story of how you got to homeschooling and where your children are now and just your concerns and your fear and just how much you love and care for your children. Really, the question of am I doing enough shows your heart. So don't necessarily think of it as a bad thing. I think we can get ourselves into trouble, like I mentioned earlier, by adding more stuff, too much stuff, things that are going to stress our family out, that's going to not allow any type of margin in our days and in our life. And that, I think, is where it gets to be a negative part and a negative thing. Whereas if we can channel that wondering, am I doing enough, and we can put it into a positive, then it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. All right. Are you ready for the questions? I encourage you to write these down or maybe even just pause the episode and stop and really think about what your answer is. But I think if you write it down, it's probably a better option. You can write down the answers. That way you can then evaluate yourself in another couple of months when you are starting to get worried and anxious and fearful that you're not doing enough. You can go ahead back and look at the questions and then take a look at your answers and say, no, I was in a good place and I'm still in a good place a couple of months down the road. The first question I would ask you is, do your children love to learn? Now, I'm talking about an overall loving to learn. Yes, there are sometimes going to be subjects that some kids are going to find not to be as fun. Now, every child is going to have certain subjects that they are not going to be inclined to. Some might love math, and then you might have a kiddo or two that does not like math. You might have one that loves writing and another one that despises writing. This year for us, writing is not my kiddo's favorite subject. However, if you work towards showing what are the benefits in learning it, their attitude can change a bit. This also depends upon maturity. So you have to remember, I am working with a 16-year-old here, the one that I've been working with for 16 years. (laughs) And so he trusts me. He trusts that I say, look, I know that this isn't your favorite. You're kind of like, this is a little bit of a silly type of thing to write about. But then I explained to him why I think that it's going to help him and where I think I see it being able to benefit him in his future. And then he's much more diligent about doing it. So the question is, do your children love to learn overall? Ignore the subject or two that they are not thrilled about. Overall, are they excited about the world and everything that God has created and everything that there is out there to learn and the things that God has created man who has created things. Do you have a child that really loves technology, that loves uh, computers and programming and that kind of stuff, and they're excited about that? Well, then lean into that. Uh, Do you have children that are excited about going outside and just being outdoors and 
you're like, wow, okay, I could see them maybe doing a bit more with this, with being outdoors and wildlife conservation or who knows what. But just overall, do your children have a love of learning? The opposite of that is, do your children see learning as drudgery? Do they see it as something that they just have to do? I just have to check off these boxes every single day. I have to get this done so that I can go and have some fun. Well, they're learning while they're having some fun too. And so I would say the first question, well, I'm definitely saying the first question is, do your children love to learn and evaluate? Do they love to learn or not? And if they don't, that's a really good eye opener there to say, okay, what is it? Am I a taskmaster? And I am saying, you have to get this done and this done and this done. And I am not putting any joy into learning. I am not providing them an environment where they want to where they want to learn, then that would be something to do some adjustments and to spend some time in prayer and thinking and evaluating what kind of changes that you can go ahead and make. So question number one is, do your children love to learn overall? If they do, you are definitely doing enough because when a child loves to learn, guess what's going to stop them from learning? Nothing. Nothing's going to stop them from learning. They might not want to dive into learning about rocks or plants, but they may want to learn about, we'll just do trees. They might want to learn about something with physics or chemistry or art or writing. Do they overall love to learn? If they do, they're going to continue learning their entire lives. Second question I would ask you as we sit down there at the coffee shop and say, are you seeing connections being made between the material or the curriculum and the resources that you're using, and real life. When you start to see those connections being made, you're like, ah, yeah, this is like, that's the good stuff. You're like, here we are, and they've noticed something. Maybe you are, the most obvious thing, especially with young children, would be learning about nature. And maybe you are looking through some books, and you're watching some videos, and you get out there into the world, and they notice these things, and they remember them, and you're seeing just these connections or even just in a story that you have read aloud to them. It could be a fiction. And they later on say you're at a, let's say you're at a museum or you're at some national park. You're somewhere where maybe some history has happened. And they say, this is like in the book that you read. And you start to see them, the threads of things just weaving together and they're starting to make connections. If you are seeing that, you are doing enough because they are re- they're recalling and remembering, it's sticking with them. And they're not recalling and remembering just in a way to write it down in a test. It's really getting in there into their mind. And they're then looking for opportunities to put that together with something else. When you start to see things being put together, this being put together with that, it's just, it's, it's so exciting. So are you seeing connections being made between the material, resources, curriculum that you're using and real life? If you're not, I would evaluate the material that you're using and or evaluate the opportunities that you're giving them outside of using the material in the curriculum so that they can make those types of connections. If you are seeing those connections made, wonderful. You are doing enough. The third question that I would be sitting there and ask you would be stop and really look at all you are doing. Tell me what are you doing? And what are you excited about doing? So this one's not maybe not necessarily a question. It's more of like a phrase and me inquiring of you. Stop and really look. Maybe you need to stop and write it down. What are you really doing? Also begin to write down 
what are they doing in their free time? I know for my kids, we would pack in first thing in the morning, we'd do our morning time, and then we would do our lessons, and then they were free for the rest of the day. But they did a lot of what I would consider education outside of the, we'll say, formal academic hours. They were outside playing. There was a few years we lived at a place that had a pond, and my one son was so into all the frogs and toads. You can still ask him now. He's 19 years old. You can ask him now anything about frogs and toads. And he remembers them because that is what he what he did. I took him to a zoo at one point and he was pretty much kind of showing up the zookeeper who was very blown away by him knowing all of this information because he wanted to know this stuff. So stop and look. That was education. I didn't say, oh, well, that's just something he's doing in his spare time. No, that was education. He wanted to learn and I provided him with resources and tons of books and taking him places and opportunities for him to be able to then make those connections. So stop and really look at all that you are doing with them, but also all that they are doing on their own. Do they enjoy building with their Legos? Well, they're putting connections together there. They're doing some engineering. They're being creative. Play is so important for children, and we tend to really downplay that and think that it's not important. It's really, it's so important. Allow your children lots of time to play. And I know that that is their number one thing that they always want to do. And so I totally understand that it can get frustrating. Like you want to play again? Yes, they want to play again. It doesn't mean that they don't do chores and you don't do your formal academic time and you don't do your time together as a family or whether you're doing devotions or family game night or doesn't mean that you forsake those types of things, but really stop and look at what you're doing. Are you providing them time with play? Are you providing them with a lot of great resources that they're interested in. I bet you are doing way more than you think you're doing. So I want to encourage you to write down everything that you're doing as a family, everything that they're doing individually, all the lessons, everything. And I think you're going to see that your day is jam-packed with education. The fourth question I would then ask is, I would say, are you doing the three R's? And then I would say, when in doubt of wondering, am I doing enough? Focus on the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Are you focused on reading, writing, arithmetic? Because guess what? Everything else stems from those. If your child can read, if they can write, if they can do math, everything else comes from those. Because I know a lot of times we're worried about the older grades when they get to middle school, when we get to high school, how am I going to educate them when we get to high school? Well, do they know how to read? Do they know how to write? Do they know how to do math? Well, guess what? Everything builds upon that. So when in doubt, get really, really solid on the three R's of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Understanding that every child is going to be unique. Every child is going to have their own time that they are going to click with reading. They might be four years old. They might be eight years old. They might be 12 years old. That's okay. They're on their own timeline. As long as we evaluate that everything is okay, we don't suspect that there is any type of connection that's that's hard, maybe some type of disability, something that's not matching up, then definitely you want to pull in some extra resources and some help to help with that, especially to evaluate that and then to see where to go from that. But they might just be on their own timeline and just not be quite ready for it. So can they read by the time they get to high school? Yes, they're going to be able to read. Can they write? 
Yes, they'll be able to write by the time they get to high school. Can they do math? Yes, they can. They'll be able to do that by the time they get to high school. Does that mean that your child, you have to get them all ready and set up for them to be able to do trigonometry and calculus in high school? And right now you're so rigorous with the math and there's tears and there's crying and you're and it's just not going well. Maybe your child won't get to trigonometry and calculus. Guess what? They'll be okay in life. I never got to trigonometry and calculus in high school and I feel like I turned out okay. I I think so. Maybe some people might doubt that. Just kidding. But when in doubt, just hone down on the three R's and I promise you that everything else stems from those. Get really solid with those and it's so easy then to bulk out from that. Focus on getting your curriculum, resources, material, whatever it is you want to use for reading, writing, and arithmetic. The history will come into play. The geography will come into play. That goes with history a lot of times. It's very easy to incorporate the two. Science will come into play and just relax. (laughs) Knowing that if you focus on those three things, the rest will come. As you go through the elementary school years, as you go through the middle school years, and as you go through the high school years. So those are my four, we'll say, questions. I know that the two at the end weren't quite questions, but real quick again. Number one is, does your child love to learn? Number two is, are you seeing connections between the material, resources, curriculum you're providing and real life? Third was to stop and really look at all that you are doing and they are doing and write it down. And the fourth is, when in doubt, focus on the three R's of reading, writing, and arithmetic, knowing that everything else, all other subjects, all learning, all education stems from those three. If you have this question of, am I doing enough? And if you are wanting to make some connections with other moms who have similar fears and concerns, like, am I doing enough? And wondering about curriculum, and you're just looking for some connections and be able to bounce some ideas off of some other moms, I want to encourage you to join the private Facebook group. It is an amazing group of moms. I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know them, and I know that you will as well. You can join that group just with a link that is in the show notes. Would love to have you over there. Go ahead and request to join the group and we'll get you in and you can get started asking questions and making some connections. Friend, I assure you that if your heart is wondering if you're doing enough, I have a very strong suspicion that you definitely are doing enough. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.